there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll help you find a place to take that load off. The Chili Crew is just about to start. If you've been here before, well, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on how things work around here. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And just let me say, you came at a great time, too. We're taking a weekly walk through the Bible, one story at a time, from Genesis to Revelation. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dough. I got to go. Those youngsters better get the lead out. This crowd's ready to go. I'll be right over there. Didn't realize the restaurant would be this busy today. I'm coming, I'm coming. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Order up. All right, well, where we left off last time in chapter 47, Joseph finally got with his family and everything, and they're settling into the land of Goshen. And right now, uh, something interesting happens between Jacob, because uh, now Jacob has finally met his son, Joseph, after several years. How many years did we say it was? Didn't we, didn't we say like 30 by the time he, he met him? So it had to have been at least like a good 10 or 12 years or something. Go back this... and listen to that episode, and you can find out. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a, a, a shameless plug right there for the previous episodes. So anyway, yeah, so let's go ahead and just dive right in. We're going to be on Genesis chapter 48. Now it came about after these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. And it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel, collected his strength, and sat up in the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz, or Luz, I don't know, in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples, and I will give you this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession. Now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Um, Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. Um, so I'm going to stop right there because that's really important because uh, Ephraim and Manasseh were technically his grandkids, first of all, and they were born amongst the nations, right? So they're kind of like Gentiles. You know, there's really, there's, there's the 12 sons, there's Israel, the 12 sons, and then there's everyone else. So he's, he's taking them and saying, not only am I just adopting you into the family as my grandkids, I'm, I'm taking you in as my children, as if you were mine. So now it's as if he has 14 sons. You know? and, and that's really powerful because, uh, and I, I've heard this argument before uh, about, especially today, about the Bible being very, like, um, racially charged. Like, it was all about Israel and that genetic line and, like, that kind of stuff. But when you, when you read in depth like really read the first five books, God gave so many allowances. Like a Jew was not a genetic person. A Jew was a follower of the one true God. It was a, a religious identity. Like it was, I, I, I worship the one creator God. God 
gave a lot of allowances for other nations. Like, okay, so for example, in Exodus, when they leave, when Israel leaves Egypt, and they go to Mount Sinai, and and God is 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 with them there. They don't like a lot of people don't catch that. There's a couple verses in there that talk about how many of the Egyptians, when they were leaving, left with them. Like some right. of their own masters right. said, "Okay, obviously the Egyptian gods are not it," and they left. They left their own land, and they became Jews, inevitably. And now, mind you, right. I, I understand they there was an incident later Israel. that, huh? So they became Israel. Yeah, they became right. Jews are just the tribe of Judah, which later became the house of right, Judah. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, is something we've got to understand. When it came to being in Israel's family, it wasn't about that. You know, you were necessarily a genetic descendant of Abraham necessarily. Now, I understand during Jesus' time, a lot of people really pushed it. You know, even Jesus said, "You call yourselves." you know, descendants of Abraham, you call yourselves sons of Abraham, yet you don't follow, you know, you don't love me. Right. And he says, I can call up, I can call up descendants of Abraham from these stones. Yeah. Yeah. So So. I just, I just, that's a little caveat to say, hey, you know, we got to understand that during this time, there's a lot of people that were not genetically 100% pure, if you will, Abrahamites or whatever you want to call it. And that's why it's so important to see that that starts here. They made it, yeah. when they got their names, you know, their names are all about living in the land of my affliction and overcoming my suffering here in this land. And they're born from the most pagan of pagan mothers. And, and, um, you know, so he's saying, I'm taking these children that you had amongst the nations and I'm calling them mine. Right. So it's like right off the bat, you see, you know, what is known of as Israel as being kind of a, you know, a conglomeration of, of bloodborne sons and adopted sons. I think it's funny, though. Did, did you get to the end of verse five? Yes. Yeah. So it says, uh, as Reuben and Simeon, Reuben and Simeon, weren't they his, his first two borns? Yes. It was Reuben. Mm-hmm. It was Reuben and Simeon. We're yes. like the first two. So he's saying, you two are as though you're my first two borns. That's, yes. That, Which as we read powerful. on, you'll see, you know, they actually get the inheritance of the firstborn. So we'll keep reading. Um, but your offspring that have been born after them shall be yours. <laughs> they shall be called by the names of their brothers and their inheritance. Now, as for me, when I came from... Paddan, Rachel died to my sorrow in the land of Canaan on the journey when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath that is Bethlehem when Israel saw Joseph's sons he said who are these and Joseph said to his father they are my sons whom God has given me here so he said bring them to me please that I may bless them now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see and then Joseph brought them close to him and he kissed them and embraced them And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face. And behold, God has let me see your children as well. Then Joseph took them from his knees and bowed with his face to the ground. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right, and brought them close to him. But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. Um, He blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, 
the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and may my name live on in them, in the names of my father, Abraham and Isaac. And may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Um, that, that's powerful. Yeah. And there's something, too. So, like, keep in mind that um, Jacob was, it, it makes a point to say that he was basically blind. So Israel was, Israel was blind. And it used, I'm pretty sure it uses the name Israel there. Now, now, we talked about this several times, didn't we? Because Israel and Joseph, or I'm sorry, Israel and Jacob were switched and transposed according to the situation he was in, the way he was reacting to the situation. And not, and not just that, but like the, the faith he had during that time, because there were many stories toward the end of his life that, and actually in the last several chapters, go back and listen to some of these episodes, you'll see this flip-flop between Jacob and Israel, right in the middle of the story, it'll flip it three or four times. Uh, like, especially the story of Dinah. That was a sad story, but but nonetheless. So you see that he he's, has kind of a blindness, and he switches his hands. So Ephraim, who is younger, actually gets the greater blessing. And they are both getting the blessings of the firstborn. So Joseph, technically, and, and how I've seen this explained is that, like, you know, there's 12 sons. So each one of them, which um, when they get into the land, they're going to have an inheritance. You know, you, they're going to break up the land and each tribe will get some as a inheritance forever. But Joseph, through his sons, is actually getting that double portion, which is the portion of the firstborn, because he has two sons that are going to be receiving an inheritance. Does that yep. make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm actually in Joshua uh, 17, 14. Uh, chapter 17, verse 14. I know this is this is way ahead of, of answer where we are, but this is after they've taken back the land of Canaan. And it actually says here, this, this is more land or, or double portion, like what you were just talking about. Uh, and Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, you are great people and have great power. You shall not only have one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Uh, Although it is wounded and you and uh, shall be cut down, and the furthest extent from shall be yours. So they were actually given a double portion, like like you just said, a double portion of this. They were told, yeah, here in this blessing, verse sixteen, that they were going to grow into a multitude of nations. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him, and he grasped his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's. Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son. I know he will become a people, and he will be great. However, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So at the end of his days, at the end of Jacob's life or Israel's life, did he all of a sudden become professorial? Like, did he become a prophet? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the, think these seem pretty, pretty direct, pretty, pretty absolute language here. Right, and he's he's being in Israel right now, um, <laughs> as opposed being, to Jacob. He's being in Israel right now. Yeah, and um, oh man, I wish we had Israel on this episode. Right, that's what I was just thinking. I was like, <laughs> we just now had Israel. Israel, how do you mm. feel? Israel, right? <laughs> so. I don't know if you guys are super familiar with the the story of Israel and how it started out as 
12 tribes, one kingdom, but then it eventually split into two kingdoms. So there was, you know, the two kingdoms. One was known as the house of Israel, or actually it's often called the house of Ephraim. The other house was the house of Judah. So the house of Judah was only two of the tribes. The house of Ephraim was 10 of the tribes. And the house of Ephraim ended up getting scattered amongst the nations and never to be seen again. So the house of Ephraim scattered. The house of Judah was allowed back into the land. So they went in and they were there at the time when Jesus was there. That's why it literally is just referred to as the Jews, because they're the only ones that exist. So as far as scripturally speaking, isn't that in the Chronicles and Kings? Because doesn't it talk about that split? Thank you. Uh, so so th if you guys are looking for that, um, and, and by the way, just, just so everyone's aware, like the Samuel, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, uh, and 1st and 2nd Chronicles, they do have some overlapping stories in, in some of the, it's, it's, it's a lot of historical stuff, but that's what she's talking about. Because there was a split between the North and the South, Southern Kingdom, and at one point, sadly to say, <laughs> at one point, um, one of the kingdoms, I think it was the Southern Kingdom, actually allied themselves with Assyria to destroy the northern kingdom and it backfired in the end because like you just said they came back but i believe assyria actually took them into uh captivity at one point for i don't i don't know how long i don't i don't know how long it was but they they eventually like you just said they, they came back and then well you know the whole thing with babylon but that's a that's another history story <laughs> right so like we see even in just this blessing so much prophetic I mean, so much prophecy because Ephraim is receiving this greater blessing. And you see later that, it, I mean, Ephraim becomes an entire kingdom of 10 of the tribes, you know? So yeah. like he has that namesake has really become so much. And then um, one thing to point out too, where it says his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. Did you guys know that the word for nations and the word for Gentiles are synonymous? They're the exact same word. I did not yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. Same word. Most of the time in the Old Testament, just as nations in the New Testament, because it's Greek, it's this word Gentiles, but it's Gentiles just means the nations. Wow. So it's like there's God's people, there's God's nation, and then there's the nations, right? There's like everybody else. Right. So I'm going to read really quick a verse in Romans, um, Romans 11.25, that says, For I would not, brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery yet or so that you shall not be wise in yourself. The blindness in part is happening to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. So he's speaking to people saying that there's a, there's a partial blindness over Israel. And we see when Israel gave this blessing here in Genesis, it points out that Israel had a partial blindness, right? And then it says, don't be ignorant. There's a, a partial blindness that has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles or the nations come in. And here we see Ephraim saying that you will become the fullness of the nations. So Ephraim gets scattered amongst the entire world and becomes literally becomes the nations. And you see here him saying that they all got to come back. Does that make sense? I have a question. Yes. Historical fact question. So can someone look this up? I left my cell phone at home. Wasn't 
Israel actually one of the last countries to actually be founded as a country? Like, it was late. Actually, yeah, I think. Was in the 60s, I think? I thought it was, because it was closer to after World War II, because then they actually founded the nation of Israel. So it actually, it just, like, makes me, like, mind-boggled for the fact that it's now actually a country. I was just looking at Uh, it as, like, yeah, go ahead. 1948, May 14th, 1948, uh, Israel became a... Three years after the World War II, it actually became a country with the actual still worn torn from the beginning of time. The fact that this country has been at war and it's still at war as right now with its neighbors, Israel. I mean, no. Yeah. Israel. Why do you think Jacob or Israel wanted to do this? Now, now we, before, before we get into this a little bit, we, we, have seen throughout the last, I don't know, probably 20 chapters that the patriarch of the family um, in this culture, the patriarch of the family did not distinguish between children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. The grandfather of all of these children considers all of these people his children because like we see this with Lot, uh, I'm sorry, not with Lot, with Laban. And we see this with Laban, and where Laban said, you took all my children. Well, no, it was only his two daughters. And then, obviously, Jacob had many children, and that's that's who he was referring to. You, you took my two daughters and all of my children. You know, so why then, why do you guys, be, why do you guys think that Joseph was the one who was, now, I, obviously, he was the favorite son, but I, I think there might be more to this. Why do you think that Jacob took this extra time to say, no, 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 listen, whatever inheritance God has given to me, because he's going off of God promise, God's promise right now, right? God promised Jacob, your descendants will be, you know, great. And so now he's inheriting or taking in these two children, grandchildren, as his own children, kind of bumping them up a level, if you will. Why would Jacob do that? I mean, he could always see the greatness probably within Jacob, which then will probably be let down into his kids. I could see a little bit of that, but I think mostly it's because most of his kids were not that good. I mean, two of them slaughtered a whole village and yeah, those weren't the best kind of kids to have running around. So you're almost saying like, actually, that might be a good point of why he would do this. I mean, technically all the other ones still threw his own brother aside and <laughs> sold him off to slavery. Let him, th- his father <laughs> thinks the fact that they're all dead. And So you say, so you think they divulged the whole story to Pops <laughs> oh, about what happened now, now oh, that jo- yeah. now that. Joseph's back. Oh, if he's back, you know, he's going to oh, be by like, the, by the way, 20 years ago, we sold him into slavery's dad. Sorry. I mean, how are you not going to go? Hey, where have you been? I'll be like, you know, these fools <laughs> right over here, they sold me. Okay. They sold me. Although that's a good point though, because I mean, through this, it seems like all the rest of Jacob's children have had big issues. Right. Like not, not necessarily all of them, because I don't think it says much about Benjamin. It honestly doesn't. 
Um, Benjamin's kind of like the little kid in the background that, that doesn't really get a whole lot of attention. Most of the story revolves around Joseph and Benjamin, which seem to be the quote unquote good kids. And then we see a story about Dinah and then her two brothers. And then we get a story about uh, Judah, who ends up sleeping with his daughter-in-law or soon-to-be daughter-in-law. And that was kind of weird and awkward. So I'm just saying we we look into this and that might be a good point, Sully, is that these these sons... Jacob is kind of probably thinking, well, God gave me this promise about my children becoming a great nation and doing so, this and this and this for the world. Uh, and he's looking at all his sons and he's looking at their <laughs> criteria and what they've done. And, and he's kind of like, maybe we should try to, you know, pad our numbers a little bit and bring two more of the other kids in. It's the best explanation I got I, for this. I'm just wondering, it's just very strange to me that he would do this outside of the the obvious answer that, you know, he favored Joseph. But I think there's more to it than just favoring Joseph. Well, I think that it, it seems it seems like there's um, a sense of authority when when all like a definitive statement being said. So that speaks of divine influence speaking from a place of being directed from God to do it in that kind oh. of way in a, in a prophecy kind of way. Right. Well, and it says, you know, he's on his deathbed. So like he could be very much like having a, you know, spiritual, I mean, I don't know if you guys have, my sister works with old people. So she has all these stories of people on their deathbed where it's like, they've got oh, wow. one foot in one foot out and they're saying all sorts of things. And it's, you know, so he could be almost like closer to God there because he's like dying. And I do think he's speaking through the spirit. You know, he is really being empowered in what he's saying. Also, I do I do notice, like I was looking in, in Joshua, it looks to me as though Joseph's two boys replaced his inheritance. Replaced Joseph? replace Joseph's inheritance because there were technically 12 inheritances. Although the Levites, they were not given an inheritance. They were given the priesthood. Right. But so, I mean, I mean, that was technically their inheritance, but y you know what I mean? They weren't land given an inheritance of the land. Huh? Land right. Was. Yeah. When you look into it, it's like there's yeah. technically kind of 13 tribes or, you know, 14, but yeah, both, Ephraim and Manasseh right. kind of replace Joseph. Joseph, because so there is no to thirteen. There is no tribe of Joseph anywhere that I remember reading in, in scripture. You know, it it would it, like I think a couple of times it said Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, or no Ephraim and I'm sorry, what was his name? Yeah, Manasseh. Okay, so yeah, Ephraim and Manasseh. It says it's it would usually say the tribe of Ephraim, Ephraim and Manasseh. You know, it, it would almost like 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 kind of bunch them into one. All right, so do we have any more left? I, I think you stopped um, off on Yeah, 20. yeah, we have a little bit more. Um, okay, he blessed them in that day, saying, By you, Israel will pronounce blessings, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. I give you one portion more than your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with the sword of my bow. What? Give you one portion more than your brothers. So 
That's what? I don't know about the whole taking the hand of the Amorite, but that's the from what I've read, that's him giving Joseph like the double portion because he's technically through Ephraim and Manasseh who are each gonna get an equal portion. Yeah. Joseph's like getting it's like he's getting two portions because they're his sons. Does that Oh, hold on. <laughs> okay. Do you guys remember when he's not talking about himself? I think he's talking about Abraham. I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. Check it out. In Genesis 14, verse 7, it says this. Then they turned back and came to En Mispat, uh, that is Kadesh, and attacked all the countries of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who dwell in Hizrin Tamar. This is when... Lot was taken captive. Abraham went out and took Lot back and got this huge treasure trove of everything that they took and all of this stuff and then brought it back to Sodom and Gomorrah and let Lot go and all of the people. Do you guys kind of remember that story? What if it's talking about that? Because they took it from the Amorites. But it was Abraham. It wasn't technically Jacob. So, like, he's speaking, like, like as if he was Abraham? Well, no, like, speaking as in, like, you know, my father took this treasure, and so obviously yeah. the treasure was, like, a descendant down. Would, do you think that would apply? Because the Amorites aren't mentioned with Jacob that I'm aware of. <laughs> they were mentioned with Abraham. Yeah, I mean, if... Jacob was given, you know, if all of that stuff has kind of been passed down. That's, then, yeah. Because yeah. the Amorites are still around, actually, because I think they they're atta they attack them in, in Joshua when they're taking the land back. And it seems like the Amorites are, are with them a lot. Yeah, it's interesting that everyone else kind of gets blessings and curses, but Ephraim and Manasseh, like, really just get blessings. Joe, could you lead us out in word of prayer, please? Father God, I thank you for this time to be able to come together, comb over your word. Father, I thank you that you are for us and with us. Father, I thank you for who and what you are. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, this has been Justin. This has been Sully. This has been Joe. This has been Susanna. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, just want to give another shout out to... Uh, Joe, he is actually, you can check him out, buddywalkwithjesus.com. Uh, and he also has a podcast as well. We love you guys. Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast, podcast what are they fishing for whales listen folks just look up biblical chili anywhere i'm sure you'll be able to find them out there and until lord willing we'll see you again may the lord bless you goodbye Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, 
Congratulations, you're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>